God is looking for some overcomers, those who will say they are ready to run the race with all their heart. And God is looking for those who will strike in Jesus' name, knowing that if they will just continue to strike, they will win. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Without a vision from God, you have no real purpose. And without purpose, you're only drifting through life. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. And I'm Jeff Wickwire. Thank you so much for joining us this time. Today, we're going into part two of the message, vision. It would be impossible for me to exaggerate the difference it made when I discovered God's purpose for my life. God had a plan just for me. And when that really hit me, it set my heart on fire. In today's message, we're going to discover how important it is to come into agreement with God's plan for us and that we must mingle it with faith that dares to step out. So let's go right to the message, vision. And as we do, I'm praying that God sets your own heart on fire with fresh vision for the new year. He had been assured that God's hand was with him, whether Elisha was there or not. Now the old prophet is using this command to strike the ground with the arrows to see just how much Joash really believed what he just heard. We might say that this command to strike the ground was like a spiritual thermometer that was about to test the temperature of Joash's faith. How could it test his faith? Because here's what Elisha knew. And what I want us to all get today, he knew that real faith, Bible faith, produces action. He knew that real Bible faith moves you. James said, you can no more show me your works apart from your faith then I can show you my faith apart from my works. James is saying, I can't show you real Bible faith that does not result in action. If you've got real Bible faith, it's going to move your feet. It's going to move your hands. It's going to move your tongue. It's going to move your thoughts. It's going to move your life. You can't have passive Bible faith and not eventually be moved to action, to good works, to works of righteousness, to being involved in kingdom business. And then he says this, faith and works, works and faith, fit together hand in glove. You cannot separate one from the other. James says, if you say you have faith, we will know if it's genuine by whether or not it moves you to take action. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Elisha, James, and Jesus all knew that real faith will move your feet in the right direction, your hands to good works, your mind to godly thoughts, your mouth to faith-filled speech. Real Bible faith will shake you, rattle you, roll you, move you, change you. It'll set your feet into motion. 
You can't get born again and we can't tell. You can't get born again and we can't tell. You see, people say, oh, yeah, I'm born again. And they're going off to the bars and they're sleeping around and they're doing this. And like, you weren't born again. You're not saved. Well, if you are, you're backslidden. Because listen, listen, if you're born again, it'll show. If you're born again, people that knew you before, knew you when, and know you now are going to be going, what in the world happened to you? You're not smoking something. You're not drinking something. You're not snorting something. You're not shooting something. And yet, look at you. We didn't get a religion. We got a relationship with a living God who transforms us. I'm not preaching rehab. I'm not preaching a New Year's resolution. I'm not preaching turning over a new leaf. I'm saying if you're saved and you know it, That's true. Oh, it's after Christmas. We might as well have some fun, right? And the Bible says that when the prophet said to him, strike the ground, strike the ground, get those arrows in your hand, Joash, now that you've received the word of God, I want you to strike the ground. And the Bible says he struck the ground three times. And the prophet was disappointed and the prophet was angry. And listen to what the prophet said. He said, if you had struck it five or six times, you would completely wipe out the Syrians. Now you will defeat them only three times. He told him, you're not going to fulfill the word of God that just came to you because your faith did not respond to the word that was just given to you. Here's how I think he did it. And I don't know, I wasn't there, but I'm going to show you what I think. I've got the arrows. He said, strike the ground three times. Here's the king. I think he went, uh. And Elisha said, that does not correlate with what I just told you. You should have, bang, bang. Bang, bang, I'm going to take him. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to him. That's what you should have done. I'm going to win the battle. I'm going to defeat the Syrians. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to stop. I've never done this before. But do you get it now? Listen, his response betrayed a lack of faith. His response to the word of God, he did not have the expectant faith that Elisha was looking for. The effort that Joash put into the prophet's instructions was only half-hearted, lukewarm, plain vanilla. He showed, I'm not going to give my best to God's call. And so without words, he was communicating a lack of faith. That's the way some people do church. the way some people do Jesus, huh? I'm in, I'm out. I'm there, I'm gone. Let me tell you something. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the earth that he might find someone whose heart is perfect towards him, that he might show himself powerful. That's what the Bible says. He's looking for faith and character. Listen, that will make a person love God and fight back hell for a lifetime. He's not looking for people who are half in and half out, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. He's not looking for those kind of people. Those kind of people aren't going to get anything done. History tells us 
that Joash successfully attacked and defeated the Syrians three times, and then he stopped. And that's as far as his faith could carry him. That's all that was in him. He had nothing more in him, and that's what disappointed the prophet. And likewise, listen, I think more Christians than not expect little from God, and therefore they receive little from God, and they're content with little from God. This was Joash, and that's too many believers today because my Bible says if I will seek him with all of my heart, he will do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask for or even think of. He stopped striking the ground when he should have kept going. He gave up when he should have kept on. He fainted in his faith when he should have fought to the finish. A lot of us are like King Joe Ash. We start going to church and then we stop. We used to be involved in God's work, but then we stopped. We used to come to prayer meetings and Bible study, but then, uh, you know, this and that and the other happened, and we stopped. We used to witness for Jesus at every turn, but we stopped. We used to pray every day, but we stopped. We used to minister in music, but we stopped. We used to usher, which is a calling from God, but we stopped. We used to pay our tithes and offerings, but then bills added up, and we stopped. We used to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but then we stopped. We shot our three arrows, and we stopped. But if we're going to be blessed by God, we can't stop striking the ground in faith. Now, I'm giving us a word here today because there are so many Christians that have just you run into and say, How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Well, where's your arrows? Where I laid them down. You know, I kind of went like this. I quit striking the ground with him, and then I thought, what do I even have him for? And I just laid him down. He's looking for people who will not strike the ground like Joash did. Listen, and we don't strike the ground with arrows, do we? Here's what we do. We strike a lying devil with the name of Jesus and the Word of God. We strike a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what we do. We preach the word, then we preach it again. Then we strike again. Then we take a stand again. And then we move forward again. And we don't stop. We don't stop. Jesus is worthy of our best and nothing less. I'm so glad he didn't strike three times and stop. I'm so glad he didn't go to Gethsemane and then stop. But Jesus said, no, I came to die for the world, and I'm going to keep on going until I'm done. And he could say with Paul, and Paul could say with Jesus, I have finished my course and kept the faith. I told you I was going to share vision for the year 2016, and I am. Here's what I see. In the year 2016, there's going to be two kinds of Christians in the world. The first kind are going to be the Joashes of the church. And do you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's the majority. If you took all the churches in America, you would find more people who just strike three times and stop. They get too busy with life, too busy with money, too busy with marriage, too busy with business, too busy with chasing this, that, and the other, and they quit striking. These are the lukewarm, half-hearted in their devotion to the Lord, and they will not respond in exuberant faith to His calling to serve Him. Here's what they're going to have. They're going to have partial victories and experience unremarkable progress in God. And then there's going to be those who respond to the Lord like Joash should 
have. And they will not be the majority of the church, but they're going to be a remnant. When you read the Bible, he always did most of what he did through a remnant, not the majority. The majority is not always right. Often the majority is stuck on stupid. Isn't that true? Just because it's a majority doesn't mean they're right. God used a little group with Gideon. God conquered the whole promised land with his own people. He changed the world through one man, Jesus Christ. So there's going to be a remnant who respond to the Lord like Joash should have. They're not going to be a majority, but it will be a remnant that strikes the ground with every arrow in their arsenal. Hearing say about this remnant, they will not back down to persecution, which is growing in America. They will not accommodate the world in order to win the world. I'm going to say that one again. They will not accommodate the world to win the world. You know, so many churches have quit talking about the blood, quit talking about the cross, quit talking about Jesus being the only way because we want to befriend the world to win the world. But you can't befriend the world with a non-gospel. You can't win the world with a non-gospel. They're not going to be ashamed of him. They're not going to be ashamed of his name. They're not going to be ashamed of his word. They're going to stand firmly for Christ, and they are not going to back down. This remnant of faith-walking saints are going to experience miracles of deliverance from the jaws of an angry devil. Now you say, see, Pastor, the reason I don't want to get real fanatical with this thing called Christianity is it gets you in so much trouble. Well, yes, in the world you will have tribulation, but fear not, I've overcome the world. And if they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. Boy, I'm feeling preach on me today. I'm telling you. God's got a word for us, and this word is moving me. We're going to see this remnant of faith-walking saints will experience miracles of deliverance like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who said, I will not back down. I will not bend, I will not bow to a false idol, but I will stand with God, do with me what you will. And they threw them into the burning fiery oven with their hands tied behind their back. And the Bible says when they hit that fire, that the only thing that was burned on them was the chains that bound them. That was it. And the Bible says that all of a sudden there was a fourth man down in there. And even the king looked down in there, the crazy, insane Nebuchadnezzar looked down and said, didn't we throw three men down there? Then what is that fourth man? And he said, he looks like the son of God. And you know what? That's what he was. He was the son of God. And so just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this remnant of People who have the arrows that God has given them and they're striking and they're not going to give up and they're not going to faint. It says they're going to experience, they may experience the fiery oven of persecution, but they're going to experience the fourth man in the midst of their troubles. And I'd rather have the fourth man in the midst of trouble than no man, no Jesus in the midst of peace. I'd rather have the fourth man in the midst of trouble. Now here's the second thing. They will be strong and do exploits for God, as Daniel predicted. Daniel said, in the last days, there will be those who, are, who will be strong and do exploits for God. And this is going to be those who give it all, and they're going to experience, I believe, supernatural doors open to them by God, and they will know his provision as Elijah did at the brook Cherith where the raven fed him twice a day. 
See, nobody can open a door like God can open a door. And when you say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to strike three times and walk away. I'm not going to be half-hearted, but I'm going to give it everything that I've got. And I'm going to strike the ground until the day you take me home. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to fade to black. I'm going to keep going. You know, I've told you I've got dogs at home. I'm always thinking of illustrations of the dogs. But, you know, they'll go to the window and they'll whine and they'll look out and you know they want to go out. They want to go outside. They're looking at the lawn. They're looking at the squirrels running by. They're looking at the birds. And they want to go outside. But I've seen something. They can want it. They can long for it. They can whine. They can try to communicate. But nothing happens until I open the door. I must open the door. If I don't open it, they don't get out. He's the same way. We can desire, we can want, we can long, we can pray, we can cry, but only God can open the door. But my favorite name for him is he's the way maker. He opens a door that no man can shut and he shuts a door that no man can open. He's our way maker. He's our door opener. Those that really go all out with him, like I'm talking about, the arrow strikers that don't quit, God's going to open doors that nobody could ever open but God himself. And we're going to walk through. We're going to walk through. And this remnant is going to harvest a net-breaking load of souls. I'll tell you, I've noticed something. People come to our church and they'll say to me, the reason I came is because I know that you still preach the gospel. You still will talk about Christ and the cross. And you'll still tell the truth. This remnant is going to have the honey of the word of God on their lips. And the lost, like bees, are going to come to that honey. And we're going to have a harvest. We're going to take seriously what Jesus said when he said, I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. It's harvest time. Jesus said that. It's harvest time. So what is he going to bless? He's going to bless churches that will still preach the gospel as it is to men as they are. Do you want to be a Joe Ash? Or do you want to be what the prophet was looking for? I close with this. Every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakens and knows it has to run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. And every morning, a lion wakens and knows it must outrun the swiftest gazelle or it will starve to death. The moral is, it doesn't matter if you're a lion or a gazelle, you better wake up ready to run. Now listen, every morning an angry devil wakes up and says, I'm going to go get more souls. I'm going to go destroy more homes. I'm going to go ruin more relationships. I'm going to go and wreak more havoc. And every day a church wakes up and says, you know what? I'm anointed and appointed and God is with me and I'm also ready to run. And I'm going to beat him to the punch and win the souls before he takes them out.
I'm going to be involved in the work of the Lord until he comes again. God is looking for some overcomers, those who will say they are ready to run the race with all their heart. And God is looking for those who will strike in Jesus' name, knowing that if they will just continue to strike, they will win. I talked to my little mother last night. She's moving. She said, Jeffrey, I was cleaning out all of the drawers, and I found some old letters of yours. I said, oh, no. How old? Oh, real old. These were letters from when we sent you away when you were 14 so you could get some help. They had sent me to a wilderness camp where you lived out of tents and sleeping bags thinking it would turn me around. And she said, I found the first letter, and do you know what was the first line in that letter you wrote from the wilderness? What, mother? I can tell you're going to tell me whether I want to know or not. She said, you said, I hate this place. And she said, I remembered how unhappy you were, how unhappy you were as a boy. And I said, mother, you know. It was because even at 14, I was keenly aware that something was missing and I was starving for some reality, but I didn't know what it was. And I was miserable, disconnected from my maker. And I said, Mother, I just need to be saved. And she said, I know, you really did. But but then I thought, I was two years away when I wrote that, I hate this place. I was two years away from being arrested for sale of narcotics and thrown in juvenile home. But when I heard the gospel in juvenile home and I heard about Jesus and I turned to him, he put some arrows into my hand. Now listen, my calling, my destiny, my purpose, my peace, my anointing. There have been times I held them shakily Times of disappointment, failure. Times I wanted to put them down when I was discouraged, but I've never let them go. Because he gave me these arrows. How important it is that we understand God's purpose and that we exercise our faith by daring to step out and reach for the vision He has planted within us. For me, there is hardly a sadder sight than somebody just drifting through life with no purpose, no goals, no motivation, just rolling along like a tumbleweed. Our God is a God of purpose and of the future. Well, don't go anywhere. Our announcer is going to be sharing some exciting things with you, so don't miss it. And join me again next time as we begin a new life-changing message titled, Three Truths That Changed My Life. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. 
For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again, or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now, or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Today's program is entitled, Vision. You can get your own copy of this message for just $5 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.